This month, Space Chaser will release their new album, Give Us Life, via Metal Blade Records. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this year, Space Chaser is contemporary thrash metal with old-school influences straight from Berlin. On this record, the band turned to Dan Swano of Unisound Studios for mastering. The resulting 10 tracks will surely please new and old fans alike. Purchase your copy of Give Us Life now at metalblade.com slash spacechaser. Once again, the new album from Space Chaser, Give Us Life. Pre-order it now. Metalblade.com slash spacechaser. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 our friends out there. It is I, your host, Petr Spych, and I'm always joined by On His Birthday. On His Birthday. It's my special day. Oh, Someone's a special day. boy. I'm special boy. Oh. Uh, my name is Brandon Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And if you do, make sure you say happy birthday. Yeah. To yeah. Sons of bitches. And across from me. Uh, Sylvia, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. Make sure to follow our other co-host, Joslyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Joslyn Sharp. She's on TikTok at The Wizard of Jaws. This week, back on the show, always a fucking great chat, my friends. That is the legendary D. Snyder. We are here to celebrate his new heavy metal album, Leave a Scar. It's coming out July 30th and also to promote his streaming show, which is coming July 29th. Go to metaldepartment.tv for tickets if you guys want to check that out. That is going to be an awesome event. But before we get into our interview, as always, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. We're here to tell you what you need to know. Metal Sucks news. Who is raping an upcoming show? Metal Sucks news. Dig it deep just to get the scoop. Metal sucks news. Fill your head with the media's poop. Now that we have your attention, lend us your ears. Metal sucks news, controlling my thoughts. Will it make you happy or fill you with fear? Metal sucks news to guide all the loss. So long. All I gotta right. make a new no, one. No, I love it. I have to make a new one. No, it's okay. great. So long. First story we want to talk about, guys. Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Love him. Autobiography is coming out I this heard, month. I heard they're gonna put July the autobiography out. I heard that there that somebody did a uh, documentary podcast on them. I uh, on oh. him that I have not heard yet, but I'm gonna check it out. But anyways, the reason we're talking about him here, the news this week is that they are retiring the hologram for now. Do you guys care? Nope. I almost saw it. I didn't see it, um, but I mm. almost went to the Dio hologram when it was out here in Vegas, and then I was like, eh. "What was that?" It was at the Brooklyn Bowl, and I want to say, "Well, because oh. I because I throw away the COVID year, so you always minus that year when you talk." It was I about know. two years ago. Oh God, really? Yeah. Okay, two two or two years ago, minus the COVID year. So technically, like, I would be interested <laughs> in going. Yeah, like I, if I saw like because I love Selena, Selena, yeah. So I would love to see you would see a holographic. Selena holographic. Yeah. Right. Wow. Love to see a holographic. Wow. You went full stereotype. Whoa. No. 
You went full racist. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Didn't Tell realize me. we crossed. It's my birthday. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. He's so, allowed to, I guess he's allowed, I'm allowed he's allowed to be. The, uh, I'm allowed to be slightly racist on my birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a little anyway, bit. Anyway, I would, I wouldn't he mind. He was born in Ohio. I, it's very proud boyish what I just said. So. I wouldn't mind seeing a holographic anything I, to be honest i've heard the people like oh gee and i've seen dio actually live you know in my lifetime i was lucky enough to see him a few times the last yeah. time was with heaven and hell and that was one of my favorite shows of all time just because i love those records but um i was excited to see the hologram i mean i, because I mean not excited like, but a I was slight like, second you you're thinking oh i'm seeing the real person right but you're singing the songs with fans of his and i don't know that's it's, what i like the environment of yeah. i'm here with dio people does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. i know i know it's not like i know it's like a fake thing but it's like i'm here with people that get it yeah you know what i'm saying like and you're we're gonna, celebrating we're gonna him. sing we rock together whatever the fuck this set was. Yeah. they had to have we, we rock just fit there. the stereotype <laughs> <laughs> just had to dang you, you, to balance, right you, you gotta balance see, it out see what, it, you what stereotype would it you like to know tupac that hologram was pretty cool I didn't see it. I know that was at uh, Coachella. Coachella yeah, was with Coachella. Snoop. Yeah, I don't like any of the hologram I ideas. Actually... I am not. I am very anti-hologram. Like, let it. let. Because, again, all you're doing is just putting on, like, a live performance, yeah. like a recording of a live performance, and you're putting a hologram out there. It's sure. like, I just want to. I don't know. It's just like my thing is just let 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 the past be in the past. I'm not, I'm not opposed to like I said singing these songs with fans. I don't know if I like a touring entity of a hologram. That I don't know if I like. Which obviously uh, this no, was. I think it should be like a one and done I feel deal. Like, I feel like or if like at a festival or like we're in Vegas. We have some cheesy like hologram thing where you get to see these people like out on the strip. Oh, like on like on the yeah. strat or something. I think that would be fine, you know. But like it's an event show where it's like, hey, I'm in Vegas and I'm I got ticket packets to go see. I don't know. I think it should. Kurt Cobain do a duet with Prince. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at, dude. Bro. It's like at this point, bro, that's Vegas right there. That's bro. what I'm trying to tell you, dude. It's like at some point, it's going to be some kind of like uh, deep fake. It's going to have all these dead rock stars and movie stars, and they're just going to do these deep fake videos resurrecting them. And it's like, let the past be in the past. Watch. Watch what happens when it's Al Pacino and then uh, and it's and his and his young girlfriend in the movie is going to be like Marilyn Monroe, a computer generated Marilyn Monroe. It's just there. They again back to my good idea. Go, let back, it go. Back to my good idea. Can you see a mashup of hologram Prince and hologram Kurt Cobain yes. doing Smells Like Teen Spirit and Purple Rain side by side? When are we going to get back to that good idea? That's the good idea. I oh. think that's a great idea. <laughs> Sorry, Him just... on the guitar? We're mm. Vegas, man. We're cheesy as fuck. Come on. Mm. Rich Little rules out here still. Right. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> I like this idea. You're not ruling when you're doing the six o'clock, buddy. What if you got like Sinatra, uh-huh. right? And you have the, the Fab Four in holograms in Vegas or Elvis. Like, you guys don't like well, this. I'm sure. Here's the deal. I'm not talking it'll, about touring anytime. I'm talking it, about just here. It'll sell here. Yeah. You know, it'll sell here. And it'll be like an hour long show or like, and they can make money off of it because they could do it as many times as you, as you want because you have no performers. All you got to do is hit a button and then all the automatic shit is going to go off on its own. Well, I think that you have a live band, right? Yeah, I, I would think you should have, have a, a live band yeah. and then just have the hologram. For, dude whatever Vegas people we're gonna pitch this I don't and, know and I like the Prince and Kurt like, Cobain I, I, yeah. want, I want the wild card shit where you're like what am I watching I'm right into now? that you know <laughs> you know that's what I want I like the wild card shit I want to see Tupac do a duet with I don't know man uh, Amy Winehouse who just passed away 10 years ago I, I love her yeah. I, I'd like to see them do a duet with with, with, with Tupac who? Tupac and Amy Winehouse I'm still waiting for this good idea okay moving <laughs> We live in the cheese in our town. Can't we admit that a little bit? 
Right. Of course, yeah. it's what we do. I it's mean, how we. So. It's how we get by. But yeah. the thing is, though, is it's all about day drinking and cheese. Yeah, that's, that's. Yeah. That's what. We, so how, what we do is we just holograms will work here. Yeah. So we day just get drinking our, and cheese. We get our tourists dumb as shit and drunk, and then we just go here watch this this uh, light show for you. No, it's hey, save some money because you lost too much at the casino. Here's a free light show. They're gonna charge seventy five bucks, and m- most people will. Buy it in a package. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, moving on. All right. So the hologram's gone, guys. We'll see if it comes back alive. I do think that holograms are not going away. That's personally what I think. I, I just think that there's... It's still st- a cash grab. It's, so it's, I, I think people are going to want to see That's what I'm whatever, saying. They're going to do it. It's, they're going to make money. It looks pretty cool. I, it, here's the thing. What if, what if there was a metal one that we all... Like, what if there was a Peter Steele dime bag and Dio hologram thing going on? Like, that would be so, like, cool to me, even though it's like weird so you were so what you're saying is is you get hologram all these other guys and then are you saying you they all play their own individual songs no. or are you just saying like you put them together in a band and then you have a live band play while these holograms are jumping around not doing i'm saying it's a cheesy vegas show with like holograms of all these legends no you hate it i right. hate I'm everything talking about you're cheesy saying vegas, right now this touring. is my birthday <laughs> you're ruining his birthday you're with ruining stupid my ideas birthday with this dumb bullshit <laughs> well the way this show works for people Aww. that don't know everybody's got to take a different side we can't all agree And this next story is going to be a little tough, but I'm going to be on John Joseph's side. Even though... Okay. We're moving on. Even though you don't want to be. Well, there's no fun banter if we all agree. Of course. We we have to have a devil's advocate. And since I admittedly don't know shit, I can take any side. It's easy for me to see both sides. I I also admit that I don't know shit. So let's go here. Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Love him. Love him. Come on. Was in Nirvana. Uh, Ambassador of of Rock. (laughs) Ambassador of Rock. John Joseph of the Cro-Mags, Age of Coral, is one of the finest records in the hardcore scene, if not the finest records. I think a lot of people will put that on the top five. Um, He sang on. In comparison, though, he's not on the level of Dave Grohl. We can say that. I think we don't have to put that out. But this is what he said recently on a podcast about the Foo Fighters doing vaccinated-only shows. I will read his quote. I forget what the dude's name is. He's in some big fucking band. He's like, I'm not playing any vaccinated only shows. He was uh, in a big English band. I believe he's talking about Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton said he's not going to play any vaccinated only shows. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, you're I correct. Think, I think Eric yeah. Clapton did state that, mm-hmm. right? I forget what his name is. Then you got motherfuckers like Dave Grohl, who used to play drums. First uh, off, how do you forget Eric Clapton's name? Well, from some I, big band. I'm getting, yeah, it could be someone else. Exactly. Like, this is my my guess okay. is Eric Clapton because he said that, but it could be somebody else. I don't know. He I don't know how you forget Eric Clapton. I feel like Good he point. knew it was Eric yeah. Clapton. He just didn't want to say his name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like so you want, but you want to blast Dave Grohl. It's like just, no. He's saying, it's, but Eric Clapton's on his side technically. Yeah. If, if in that way, right? So, anyways, then you got motherfuckers like Dave Grohl who used to play drums for um, Scream. That's a hardcore punk band from the 1980s if i remember and open up for the crow mags they used to oh scream used to open up for the crow mags with dave Grohl in it that's what he's saying now he's with the flu fighters the flu fighters that's <laughs> stupid it is but it's it's, it's, it's he got it's, me okay. okay and it's like we're playing vaccinated only shows what kind of bullshit is that what kind of fucking bullshit are you fucking dealing with your fucking head that you would play a vaccinated only fucking show now okay since i got to be devil's advocate your guys's thoughts on vaccinated only shows go Oh, I know. It's like <laughs> I, I'm I'm on this 
I really do believe when it comes to these vaccinations, dude, it's a religion at this point. Nobody, there's no regular person that knows what the fuck they're talking about, whether they're for or against it. We're all vaccinated on this show. Yes. Yeah. So we can all see the Foo Fighters. Right. We can all see the Foo Fighters. Maybe that's why I'm not as mad. But my thing is, it's like... <laughs> Foo Fighters. Yeah, we're, the, we're there. Yeah. He's like, we're going to be yeah. front row having them cough on us. But my thing is, is like, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand how um, people just go, look, I don't know all the facts. Now, if you are one of these people, you dumb motherfucker, and I'm like, no, no, no. You're the dumb motherfucker because you're calling someone else a dumb motherfucker. Now, granted, if you're calling someone else a dumb motherfucker for not getting vaccinated, it's like, yeah, but there's, you know, like, I understand why people don't want to do it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit there and I don't want to, and it's really hard for me to be like, get it done, motherfucker. Like, I'm not one of these people. I don't believe in that, you yeah. know? And it's, it's like- It's not all black or all white. It's not all black and white. You're right, but- I guess to, to, to take the devil's advocate side is that if we're going to get through this together and everybody's got to be on the same page, there's an honor system. Yes. So if you don't want to get vaccinated, you should be able to attend a show wearing a mask. Shows should be checking your temperature. You should be checking your temperature before leaving the house. And then the vaccinated people, let's just say, don't have to wear a mask if they don't want to. But in my eyes at this stage, it just seems like if not everybody is vaccinated, why can't we just attend shows unvaccinated wearing masks? Because people aren't going to wear their masks. Okay, okay. Because then they're going to think, oh, you're discriminating me. You see, and, and you're looking at me as a lower so class. And that that the, argument is already rising. It I've is seen ri- it. It is rising. But the point is, um, I guess the point, I guess John Joseph's point maybe, is that when do we have personal accountability for our actions? And when do we have personal accountability to be like, all right, I know the risk that I'm entering this show for. When do we start having to look at ourselves and be like, all right, I have to care about the other people or I don't care about the other people. Either way, we're not going to take you off the face of the planet. But my point is, is that artists shouldn't have to have that argument thought or put the laws up. I know people are not going to follow whatever protocol you are, but does it land on the artist to make that decision? Should it land on the venue? I think it should land on the venue, but I mm-hmm. mean, if if one of the artists, you know, one of the musicians mm-hmm. gets COVID, then they might have to cancel their show. They have well, to cancel the whole tour. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's the venue or the band. I mean, it's if it's the venue and the band agrees to play with it, the band's still going to look like the bad guys. Oh, that's true. The bands are they're like, oh, well, guys, I don't want to tell you, man. Yeah, they, they can't want. say, oh, yeah. it's a venue. Okay, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And it's sure. like you know, and we're just living in this world where everyone's a victim, everybody's being taken advantage of, everybody's being discriminated against, and it's like you're because you're, and again. Some of these things are so minor, but again, everybody wants to play the victim. So they're going to make a gigantic deal about things like masks, things like, you know, the vaccine, vaccine. the vaccine isn't minor for some people though. No, no, not the, not the vaccine, not the vaccine. But when you're talking about, okay, fine. If you're not going to get the vaccine to get the mask and or, or at least wear the mask and they, and again, the way they take that, it's just, again, I, I don't understand the hate. I don't understand this. The one thing that I don't like is this growing thing where they're they're injecting uh, microchips. microchips and mind altering uh, things. The, but the see, the, that, just, that thing is where yeah. it's like, well, what about your phone? I have a they're friend. always listening. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, they're going to be tracking me. And they're like, tracking you have you your already. phone. They got you. They know where you are at. <laughs> you guys are moving to the uh, the reality conspiracy theories. These, these are logical things. What you're saying, That's sure. And they can they can ping your phone. And, and it's all like, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, and here's the you. thing: if you're going to be okay, if you're going to be worried about the vaccine, mm-hmm. if you're so worried about the vaccine putting a microchip in you, then you have to live your life like the HBO series uh, The Wire and just get burner phones every day. Yeah. You know, because that way they can't track you. You know, that's it. 
That's mm-hmm. it. If you have a smartphone and you're talking about conspiracies or and you're talking about TV. Or smart TV or fucking anything like that, I do not want to hear a single fucking peep about your dumb fucking microchips and the government trying to track you. You're already being tracked. Stop this shit. Hard question. Ready? Aww. Are you ready? I, I know you hate hard questions. <laughs> I love them. If you're in a band, would you require your audience to be vaccinated? Sylvia, go. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> No. Tough question. Look, you're like, I'm not touring. Oh, I'm, would you just not tour? I guess I'm just going to stream live shows. Look, okay. look here's, what about you, Brandon? I would, I would not require it, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. I would love it if everybody would, okay? But it's not going to happen. No. And, uh, and and this is where this is where I don't like the, the pro-vaccinated crowd. It's like, I don't like this fucking shame tactics that they keep trying to use. It's not working. Mm. It hasn't worked when it came to racism. All it did was make racism fucking worse with all this, like, shame these people. It's like, let these people just keep to themselves. We don't have to sit there and fucking attack everybody. And it's like, oh, and then now all you're doing is just making them. Instead, there might have been a chance that they might have gotten the the, uh, the vaccine down the road. But because you've called them fucking stupid over and over and over again, it's like you're not you're not helping not the helping. situation at all. You're the one that's causing things to back up now. Now you're part of the problem. Groupthink is kind of necessary in these situations. Now I am always a proponent for mm, not the, the the individual and not the death in the individual. I think everybody. I don't I don't look at anything except for the person, what they do, what they say. Right. And if you're comfortable with being out in the world, I do think for me you should consider other people and really consider taking the vaccine. But I understand the other side being like, look, we don't know what we're getting. This is uh, the situation's weird. I, I, people always beat me with this. Do you get the flu shot? I do not. You know, I never have. I did twice and I got sick of shit. So I never did. So I understand if people have that same flu shot experience, they don't want to have the COVID, whatever. I understand all the things, but as a performer, as an artist, I feel like if you're, if you're willing to take a stage, you have to welcome everyone. That's my thing. So if yeah. I, I, me personally, again, it could be a financial thing where you have to. Me personally, I would not tour until I was willing to welcome everyone at all. I wouldn't separate people in any mm-hmm. way. I and, wouldn't be like only vaccinated. Would you do the live streams then? Just stick with I that. I would do the live streams like crazy. I think I don't know if they make how much money people make on these things. Uh-huh. I don't know for sure because obviously I'm because not like involved, Live Nation has got on it and they're selling tickets to like live streams. I think they're great, man. I've watched so many live streams. Right, uh, I just saw the Within Temptation one. It was fast and it was great. You know, mm-hmm. people are doing really interesting things with it. The Anthrax one was cool, except for the No John Bush songs. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> right, but we'll move on from that. But it was great. <laughs> it was a great live stream. I'm just saying. Like when we're gonna celebrate forty years, you can't just yeah not fuck, have that's fucking years, bullshit, bro. bro. He was Whoa. with the band for a quarter of the of the quarter Ooh. of the run. We're, we're we're John Bush fans. I'm a giant uh, John Bush the, the fan. The point is, is that, and I think, and I believe over Belladonna. I believe Ooh. Axel wrote a great article on it, but his point was is that he's like. They could have played only, you know, like they could have just played right. Like everybody, that's fine. They played only at the big four tour with Jelly Belladonna and Jelly Belladonna is great. Sounds great. Nothing bad about him, but man, I was really hoping for like a deep cut. Yeah. Fucking, uh, we come for you all safe home ch- song. Anyway, stomp four, four. My point four. is I would do the streaming shows, mm-hmm. you know, Sepultura did a bunch of them. They were fantastic. You know, it's just um, easier. Yeah. And, and then you can be at home. And then there you I go. Saw, I saw Voivod do the albums in their entireties, like, which is an event show. They did Nothing Face and uh, Dimension Hatros. They did those two in their entirety. But that's also, awesome for me. Also. Um, and you ain't got to worry about this bullshit that's no, going on. And then there's like opportunities that maybe you can like ask the band a question. Yeah. There's. You oh, know. yeah. Yeah. There were those things. I'm, I never. Yeah. 
again, I, I just, just like music is always supposed to bring us together. together. Yeah. And yes. again, and it's like, and whenever you make your political, uh, your political affiliations known, um, you turn off a lot. You of turn people. off a lot of people, and it's like, and look, and I get it. Yo, fuck them. I don't give a fuck. All right. Well, then you know what? Then then, then live that. Live that. Keep telling everybody that you're, you're not going to make a difference because if all you're going to do is play to the same goddamn echo chamber and the same people that think the same way that you do, you're not going to make a fucking difference. Mm-hmm. So the more you sit there and let every, let all the people know that, that disagree with you, that their opinion doesn't matter to you and fuck them. There's a lot of people out there that are like, yo, fuck them if they don't like it. I'm sorry. That's not what music is for. Mm-hmm. It's I, music is music is about bringing people together, and it's like it's just I, I, I don't I don't understand. It. I'm all about the uh, artists, uh, you know, letting us know their political beliefs and all that stuff. I'm not all about them shaming the other side, like you said. Right. And that moves into the next story, which is Aaron Lewis. You're right. I mean, you're yeah. right. I, I agree with that. But oh, I, I don't so want anybody bands. censored. I don't want anybody censored in any way. I want them to say the most ignorant shit in the world well, if they feel it's true or if they're drunk. I don't, I don't I think, think Dave censorship Mustaine, really works. I think Dave Mustaine... But I think he, people should apologize for when it. When Dave Mustaine yeah. gets interviewed, he does not say intelligent things, in my opinion, okay? okay. Is that going to keep me from listening to Megadeth? Absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. There are so many far far right songs that are in his uh, lexicon that I'm like whoa Dave okay you know still a hard song still mm-hmm. they're still fucking killing it but it's like whoa okay but then hey it, it, I, I'm not but then I one of my other favorite bands is Rage Against the Machine totally on the other side mm-hmm. so it's like I can listen that's what music is for it's like you can say you can say these mean things or not mean things you can say these loud vicious things you could get your opinion out in a vicious way but if you're doing it with music you're gonna people are gonna listen yeah but if mm-hmm. you're telling people as a person not in a song on a microphone this is me not as an artist me as a person telling you fuck you to, now you're, you're killing you're killing all the headspace yeah. all, the, all the, the space you made but that's why stand-up comedy was so great is that we'd listen to all these artists that we didn't agree with them but they engaged us in what they were saying you know like I, when I, I just saw bill Burr recently i think we talked about on the show his first joke was pretty much Bill Cosby's out, you know, 78 gold diggers. And people were just like, are you kidding me? And he's like, you know, I'm fucking with you. And I had to. And everybody was just shocked and laughed. Mm-hmm. And then we kept going. And so, so what? He's a comedian. And then he went on in his points. And again, you agree with some and some you don't. But I'm not there to agree. I'm there to laugh. And I'm there to this and that. And be but entertained. I think yeah. a lot of times now people are like, I have to agree with my artist. I have to agree with my entertainment. I have to be aligned with them. And if I don't, then I'm going to be offended and and I'm going to make it known. If I don't, I have to let everybody know what they are. And you're right. This argument of going to shows vaccinated or not vaccinated, unfortunately, that is the artist trying to line, line, line in the sand and saying, you're welcome and you're not. So that's the only thing. Again, if you're not ready to go out there, and I understand if you're not, I've said I wouldn't be. I, I feel like you should. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Dave Grohl can do what he wants. I did my John Joseph end. thing. Now I go back to the, my real opinion, is, which is which is get vaccinated. Right? Dave, so, Dave, <laughs> Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters were probably easily like a top five rock band in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're going to top ten. I don't think. I think this could be the beginning of their decline, and we've been waiting for it for a long time because it happens to all the bands. Really, I, ju- I really do see this. It's like well, uh, again, I mean, they did a disco tribute and, yeah, album. I saw that. And, yeah, yeah. and look, and, and I look, think it 
what, was good. What, I'm just saying, like, what are the what is the majority of their fans? You know what I mean? Like middle aged white dudes. And it's like, who are the ones that are going, fuck the vaccination? Middle aged white dudes. It's like, they, I don't know. I'm telling you, it's know. like, I, I see. I feel like they won't be affected at all. I, I really feel like they, most they artists uh, won't be affected. The people that are hating on them probably didn't listen to them. That's usually how it works. Mm-hmm. It's usually the people that are oh, hating no. and, and blasting you or the people that didn't listen mm-hmm. to you. Like, like the Rage Against the Machine side that you're talking about. The people yelling at Tom Morello, they never listened to him. Right. They never even knew what the band was. There was so many stories in the last year that people like were shocked that Rage Against the Machine was anti-Trump. Like they never listened right. to the mm-hmm. fucking band in their life, you know. So it's like usually the people that are the loudest aren't even fans. So uh, tell them to go fuck themselves and move on. <laughs> Pete, whoa, wow, taking a page out of old Brandon's book. Yeah, yeah. well, I had I had mm. to, you know, devil's advocate. I'm yeah, devil's advocate. Okay. Okay. I gotta take the. Ro- I gotta, I'm gonna take Aaron Lewis's side of the next story. Oh, great. Not. <laughs> I'm not Did you just Wayne's World us? God. <laughs> Not. That's a Borat joke. Oh, okay. Not. That's a Borat. I got that. I, I. That's from the Borat movie where they're like, "Do not jokes." <laughs> you don't remember that scene? I do remember that scene. <laughs> it wasn't. But funny. before that, it was. Not. No, it was great. It was great. I'm just saying it was. But that was a Wayne's World thing. Oh man! If you guys want to know, we did a, a Rise to Offend on Sasha Baron Cohen. Go check it out. It's a fantastic episode. And by the way, Rise to Offense, our documentary podcast, the other one we do. But Shameless we did, plug. We did Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. And I believe I used that not clip. Yeah, not. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Last story, guys, before we jump into our, our interview with the mighty D. Snyder. Aaron Lewis, uh, he played Delaware. You know, as you guys know, he is a traveling country solo artist a lot of yeah. times. And I he's actually, also um, in Stain. Sonam, saw, Sonam. I saw him uh, years ago when he did his, uh, his solo out. Yeah, tour. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't so much country at the time. Was he playing Stain songs? It yes. sounds like he's doing that right he's, now. He's yeah. he's uh he's saying Stain songs and then like some of his solo stuff. Solo stuff. Yeah. So and I get it. He's got the hits. Play yeah. the hits, right? So um, but the funny part is that he's playing Delaware. He's got a fuck Biden shirt on. Yep. Uh, in in Joe Biden's home state, which Brandon, you would hate this guy, right? What you don't like Aaron Lewis, right? Well, I don't like it's. I don't like his music. Not even Stain songs. No, I'm I not never, a fan. I'm not I a never fan got into Stain. I could never understand. I've seen him live a few times, and I thought they were good back in like 2002, 2003. Sure. So I was like, hey, just like Godsmack. I'm like, this is a great live band. I get it, but like when I bought one of their CDs, I'm like, I can't listen to this. Yeah, it's just it's not, a, little, it's, it's a not, little too much butt rock. No, it just doesn't do nothing for me. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not butt no. rock. It's just. It's just. But I give them credit for their. I definitely give Godsmack credit for their live shows. I, I've seen them They're quite amazing. a few times. Yeah. And really I thought good. they were great, they're great. Yeah. They're good. But on record, doesn't do it for me. Right. Okay. You know? So it, that, it, again, doesn't matter. Like I said, if I see Slipknot, Godsmack's opening, I'm going to come see Godsmack, mm-hmm. even though I'm, I don't, I'm not a huge fan. You know, that's my point. So I would do that with Stained. I'd go see him because I saw them in the past and they were good. But um, anyways, Aaron Lewis is so drunk on stage uh, that he sings It's Been a While a second time, thinking that he was singing one of his songs outside. And then he just goes on a rant saying, I'm drunk and uh, I'm too high right now to perform. Oh, no. Have you guys ever seen anybody <laughs> too wasted to perform? Yes. I you s- and I saw somebody. Scott we saw Weiland. Scott Weiland. Yeah. yeah. We saw Scott oh, Weiland. Like, Scott rough. Scott he went Weiland. back. Dude, It was he went backstage. Um, what year was that? Was actually, that I saw him twice. No, the 2013 one, he wasn't as bad, but I saw them. It was... Uh, God, it was it was on the four tour because so, I've seen him twice. 20, 2013. Uh, I've seen him like four times, but I saw him on the four tour, and dude, they played like I forgot what song, dude. And he went backstage, and then the band just kind of stood on stage for a while, yeah. And like twenty minutes went by, and then they came back to the same song, and he was not. 
But I saw them on that same year as well with the Chili Peppers, and they fucking killed it. I think Wyland was either on or off. No, this I saw was at a the times. this was at the Pearl at the Palms yeah, in Vegas. We saw him there. Okay, when he had pink and hair. I think I uh, introduced him, but I remember he. Um, he like grabbed the American flag and was like waving it mm-hmm. around. Yeah, so I was like, hmm. He was he was he was wasting oh, buddy. That yeah, yeah. Oh, buddy. Is, hey, you know what? God bless America. I saw I, I saw oh. Peter Steele one time on uh, it was one of the last typo shows and he had a bottle of wine and he fell down. He, he drinks him like a water bottle and the bottle broke and then he takes another bottle and he breaks it on the on the. Uh, the speaker and all the wine flies on the security. And he's guard. a big boy. Yeah, yeah, he's a big dude, and he was just like, I mean, he was just drunk, man, and he's just oh, like, oh, poor guy, sorry, and he was drunk, and and the show was still <laughs> sorry. great. And that big deep voice, sorry. sorry, sorry, and I just remember, I'm like, this dude's wasted, now, right? And uh, so but he, dude, sorry. <laughs> But he still performed really well, so he was good. But I just remember him, he, you know, he had that ba- the huge bass guard, and he just stopped, and he's like, he looked at the guy, because the guy was, like, covered in this red <laughs> glass and red wine. He's, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a good memory. I thought you were at that show with me, no? No, I was not. You were not. No, okay. I was not. I can't, I can't remember what year it was. Oh, I'm pretty guy. sure. I, I remember the, 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 the other memory I had is that they, they came out to the chicken oh dance. God. Like It was like, and then you hear him, and he's like, we're not coming out till you do the chicken dance. And then the whole crowd's <laughs> doing the chicken dance. And then he, they come out. It was at a house of blues, and the curtain opens, and he comes out. But you heard his voice. Dude, we're not doing this to do the chicken that's dance. That's fucking dude, awesome, dude. It was like, you had all these gothic people doing oh, the chicken that dance. Is beautiful. <laughs> Tell you, man. We're not going so, so that was a drunken guy that did it him. right. Now that's how yeah. you do it, dude. I love him. You're gonna make, dude, especially the goth people. That's like everything sucks me. Whether just, dude, I looked around and I'm telling you, man, you had some of the people that were like, I'm full, I'm going full tilt, cradle of filth at this typo show, chicken dancing. So fucking funny, man. That's See, that's the thing. Like, that's when being a rock star, like, is fun. Oh my god, it's like the just the ability to get people to do what you want them to do. You know, it's like. Like, I've done that a couple of times just on the show. Just I remember one time I made a dude, uh, I was just doing stand-up at a bar, and I made him dip his goatee in Jaeger and his, have his girlfriend suck it out of his goatee. <laughs> the Jaeger. Oh. Out of a beer. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. God damn. Oh, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I just wanted to see if it would work. And then he's like, sure thing. <laughs> sure just thing. Like, Go for it. I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> There's something about like biting a man's beard. That is like really icky to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like you like, sound like you've had mm, experience. No, I saw. You know what? I saw beard, down. I saw down biter. one time. Down one time. With, beard muncher. This was the Kirk Kirk days, yeah. and uh, uh, Kirk was playing his solo, and Phil went over there and just grabbed, bit his beard, and dragged him across the stage. Oh, dragged him. Like he was stepping back, and Kirk was going with him, and he was like holding on to his beard with his teeth. And I remember oh. just like my stomach hurt. I'm Wait, like, who oh. was this? Phil Anselmo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he did that to Kirk. No. <laughs> I wanted to kill him, dude. If somebody did that to me, not bad. That fucking hurt. I think, I, I think Phil's a bully on stage. That would fucking hurt, dude. <laughs> We've seen Down so many times. That guy's a bully on that stage. That would fucking on. hurt, dude. But yeah, he bit his beard and dragged him like oh, while he was playing shit. a, I don't know what song. Anyways, dude, that's, I love, I, again, he my might favorite, have been drunk. My favorite thing still, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the chicken sorry. dance was better. Sorry. You knew, you knew oh, that when they God. opened the show with the chicken dance. And it was on dead again. Now I remember. Um, you know when they open the show with the chicken dance, and then you they do the backdrop, and you see the green, you know, typo yeah. symbols and all that stuff. You knew that that it was going to be a fun night. I remember Anthrax yeah. uh, with John Bush. 
opened up with uh, Team America. No, they came out with to Uncle Fucker from oh, uh, South Park. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember that was great. And I was like, yeah. awesome. Anyways, well, that's all the memory lane, guys. Oh. I, I guess we discussed the vaccinated. Some somebody's gonna give us a dirty email for. Sorry. No, I don't think we had said anything bad. It's just like again, <laughs> no. like oh, actually, no. You know what we said? Bro. We're just kind of like all we said was just kind of like, well, you know, just don't yell at people. But again, we there get, are people that are gonna fucking rail us for that. And if anybody listening that's had like six beers right now is typing on their phone all drunk like you guys are fucking assholes like in a yeah, story it, I know it, it, we get them so it's okay though I'm alright with that because I respond with kindness Aww. and love Aww, that's and good. I'm like you know what bro we're probably listening to the same record so mm. we can get along hey you know what if you have any hate mail just you know give us your address and we'll send a box of poop to you I'm not gonna send poop no? in the mail bro you're not gonna why would dude that's wrong you send poop in the mail? Think I about mean, the poor post office workers. They got to travel to poop. Well, they're not going to. They're going to put it in the back of their truck. No, it's going to stink up. No, it's not. It's 118 degrees it's outside. It's when you open it up is when the stink comes. It's going to be in a sealed box. All right. God, I'm not thinking. I'm not trying to hurt anybody else except the enemy. All right. It's time. It's time. Is it time? It's, it's time for the highlights. Let's go right now to the interview with D. Snyder, guys. Metal still sucks, apparently. <laughs> you know, sarcasm on websites. It I love it. I love it. Hey, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I don't spurn you for your uh, choice of uh, moniker. I, 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 I applaud it. I know you do, my friend. I know you do. How, how are you? How you been, D? I call it, I'm good. I call it beating them to the punch. There you go. It, it's, like, what, what, it's like the Eminem, remember his famous rap in, 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 in uh, Nine Mile, where he basically just tears himself apart before they can. Yes. And then now what are you going to say? Metal sucks. All right. Yeah. Now what do you got? What you got next? So, uh, <laughs> I get it. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Got, I'm super, uh, you know, I'm just jumping right into it. it. When you start doing a new record, you have that moment where you're, it's coming together and you're going, damn, this feels really good. I think we really are, got something great here. And, and you all look at it and you go, yeah, this is awesome. It's awesome. And then you cut to like three months later and the process is like, do we have something great here? Is it awesome? And everybody's just filled with self-doubt. It's a, it's a creative, it's a curse of the creative, you know. Um, fortunately, we make it through there, but it isn't until it gets to people and you start getting some feedback that you know you know, whether you were, what you thought was right. And so far, most of the reaction has been incredibly strong. So I, I can add to that incredibly strong reaction. I have uh, not stopped listening to the first one, the live DVD you put out last year. Um, I couldn't stop watching it during the COVID times. Thank you for that. That helped out. And uh, now we get another record, man. You're not, you're not, um, you're not slowing down. And the momentum of the team and you behind this record, everybody. If you don't know, I got D. Snyder on the phone. We're here to promote Leave a Scar. It's coming out July 30th. But the momentum of the team that you got behind this record. Tell me about this, man. It seems like a brotherhood at this point. You know, the first record, For the Love of Metal, uh, as, as is fairly well known, started with a challenge from Jamie Josta. Mm -hmm. Now, I was friends with Jamie, friendly. Um, you know, I knew he was a smart guy, a bright guy. I knew him from Hatebreed. But I didn't really know what to expect. You know, he said, I know what you need to do, D. I know, you, I know where you fit in this equation of metal today. And I said, well, who's going to write the songs? He said, everybody is going to write the songs. And true to his word, I mean, the outpouring from the community, you know, whether Mark Morton or Howard Jones, Elizabeth White Glues, Ollie from All Remains, may he rest in peace, uh, Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust, the guy from Disturbed. Um, so many people just 
started sending stuff to Jamie. Jamie curated everything. And with his team of the Belmore brothers, pulled it together. And I did a trust fall with him. Went in there not knowing what's going to happen, but then soon realized, yes, this feels right. I'm enjoying this. I love this. And then the reaction from the audience was so positive, uh, I felt like I had, I had come home. So now you come to this album, and it's three years later, and now we know what we're doing. Now it's not a trust fall. Now there's not a learning curve. Now it's not secession musicians. It's my band. And the Belmore brothers are still there, are still involved. And now I knew that the predominant amount of writing was done by Jamie and Charlie Belmore on, the first, on my first solo record with him. And now I said, look, Jamie, I want to be a part of this. And Jamie said, welcome. Fucking welcome, welcome, welcome. So the three of us wrote everything together. And, and like I said, more focused and more of a, a family and, and a team for sure. Now, being in the career as long as you have been, the sophomore record, and I know this isn't technically the sophomore um, solo record, but the sophomore record with the same team, it always has a little more weight to capture that gold that you kind of had on the first record. Did you guys feel that at all, considering how the first record came about when you were writing this one? Well, first of all, you're not wrong with the sophomore reference, because it is. I, view, I viewed For Love of Metal as, 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 as starting over. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, finding my place, finding where my voice fit. And so it definitely was. And so this is very much in my head. I'm viewing it like the sophomore. And there's the sophomore jinx. People talk about the sophomore jinx, you know. Um, and we knew that well, we, we wanted to ride, walk, ride the fence. And the walk, staying on a fence is the most difficult thing in the world, not falling over in either direction. And we knew that would be very difficult to continue doing what we're doing and continue what, what we try to do is to, is to bridge the old school with the new school and with me as the connecting tissue. And um, so, uh, and that's a very, it's much easier to either go one way or the other, just go, you know, fall over to the old school, you know, 80s metal style or, or fall the other way and just do a complete record that's completely disconnected from your past. And... Um, I really think it was, it, was, it was tough. It was it was thought about. It was conscious. Picking songs was very very weighed out, uh, and, it, and I don't think it, it's contrived. That's not the goal. The goal was to make something that was a soft follow up record to For the Love of Metal and continue down this path for me and as a, a solo artist. And now um, that's something that when you have a team and you know you work well together, it to me it's very rare. That slump happens. And it seems like you guys got tighter on this record. And the songs, the lyrics, they're really uplifting for, for the most part. And uh, I got to tell you, like, it does seem like the record is kind of like to wake us all up again. Like the reason metal and hard rock was always like, wake up, we're good, let's keep going. Was there a, a theme or message you were trying to say? Because this was a lot of it was done during this last year that we all dealt with. 100 percent and 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 basically this to me is that you know like you know i told you it's like is this good but like means okay uh what i try to do what we try to do it is resonating it is hitting people and they are picking it up you know i'm i'm notorious you know the the rebellious guy the we're not going to take a guy that you can't stop rock and roll guy i'm always like in your face you know but there's always I, i i believe that i've always it was a hopeful side positive i was trying not to just tear down we're not going to take it 
was, yeah, we're not going to take it. We were, we were rebelling, but at the same time was saying, we, we got this. We don't need your shit. We don't need, you know, we're going to do it on our own. We got this. So, I, I, you know, song like Down But Never Out. The song's called Down But Never Out. It, it was written about just the beating people took during COVID. Lives took, the world took. But it's hopeful and optimistic with when the, the that, but never out statement. We can rise. We can come back from this. We can be stronger. So very. This is the first time I've written lyrics since the Widowmaker records. I stopped mm. writing songs. Um, I didn't know. I don't know if it was because I had nothing to say or that I didn't think anybody would be listening. But now uh, I felt that with the the COVID, with the political world at large everywhere, what's going on that I needed to speak up, I need to share something, and I need to pick people up, lift people up, and motivate them uh, at, at, a, at a pretty dark time. So, yeah, it was, it was very deliberate. And that was really, I've kept hearing that line from uh, NWA, hey, Dre, I got something to say. Uh, you know, hey, Jamie, what, D? I got something to say. You know, and, uh, and, and I'm saying it. Beautiful, man. Yeah, it's it's really it's a great record, everybody. One more time, I got to tell you, it's July thirtieth. Leave a scar, D. Snyder. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering if you haven't already. I'm going to segue over a little bit too because you talked about the political nature and everything we're doing with, and um, in, in America in general, we're not really a sober society. But you have always gone against that grain in your life. Was that very difficult to do in your youth and throughout your eighties um, in this country, especially at that time? You know, I, I've been clean and sober for so many years. And, and by the way, not clean and sober like I sobered up mm-hmm. and cleaned up. No, the whole time. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I had a, a drinking experience at 14. And I got so drunk, I was laying on the floor like I couldn't move and vomiting. And a little voice in my head, the sober voice, said, if you ever let me walk again, God, I will swear off demon alcohol. But the, the great revelation for me at that young age was like, I have got a problem. I overdo things. I, I over, I, you know, and, and I do things to excess. And I couldn't just have my first drink. It was the first time I ever drank. I kept drinking until I was comatose. So that sent myself showed me this is not where i i should be and the same i just assumed the same for drugs um so it, you know it wasn't because i had a motivation for my i still the memory of being vomiting on myself for a long time and then it sort of became a badge of honor you know people would say in high school mockingly oh d's high on life but um it, may, it was sort of like who I was, and suddenly it made me different from everybody else that I wasn't. Here I was, one of the rock guys, and I wasn't getting high. I wasn't drinking. So I just, once I set into that mode, it really wasn't very tough for me to not do it, you know? Mm-hmm. The quality of life for a lot of people, though, because you've seen so many peers and, and different people involved throughout the music industry, which, you know, does promote that lifestyle in a lot of ways. Do you feel that the quality of life in this country would be a little bit better and we'd speak nicer to each other if we were a little more sober overall? Just, just, a, just a question. Not, not, I know we don't have the answers for everybody, but do you think that does affect how we are kind of viewed and how we talk to each other these days? Well, I, you know what? I, I, there's definitely a case to be made for uh, beer and, and whiskey muscles. You know what I mean? And it's one of the reasons why I avoid clubs in general or places where alcohol is being served because 
people oddly uh, they get empowered through the lessening of that they weaken their, their whatever it is that is stopping them and all of a sudden they're walking up to you you know you don't look so tough you, know, you have that you don't look so tough moment or they're hitting on your your woman or you know or you just it's all of a sudden people get brave and of course you have the advantage when you're sober too because it's easier to beat up drunk people but um but you know i definitely think that yeah i mean it's it doesn't help when people uh, they, they weaken their, I don't know, you know, they're just whatever is stopping them from checking themselves, and they just decide they're going to open up. Well, most people shouldn't open up. <laughs> most people should just keep it to themselves. <laughs> you're not smart enough, and you're not interesting enough to open up. We don't, as I said, well, but D, when I drink my lip, well, it was, it was a, actually a Bill Cosby funny line. Yes, he was funny, and you can't take that away from him. I don't endorse what he's done on his personal life, but he was a funny man. And they said somebody said cocaine enhances your personality. He said, "Well, what if you're an asshole?" So, uh, you know, there you have it. Yeah, perfect example. And and no, you're quoting him. He said it. I appreciate that. Uh, J- Jerry Seinfeld said a joke to me one time for drunk people. He said, "They either love you or they hate you, but there's no in between." And that's a hard way to live your life. And so you got to quote the guy that you heard it from, right? And that's, uh, exactly. that's totally fair. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's, you know, uh, I mean, the censorship issue yeah. is, a, is a subject worthy of talking about because, you know, uh, creatives are damaged goods by, na- by, by definition. Mm-hmm. We cho- choose to be actors, performers, writers, artists, painters, uh, comedians, all those things because we're damaged. And, uh, and, and that's driven us to find these outlets. I don't know why people are so shocked when the evidence of that damage shows itself. When, you know, when, when, when Dave from Megan, uh, that, you know, I'm talking about Elfman yeah. Elf gets caught masturbating. Well, you know, well, first of all, you know a lot of you doing the same thing. But second of all, he's a musician. He's not a, he's not a priest. You, you can't expect to be priest-like. Hell, you can't expect priests to be priest-like. Uh, you know, but people are so shocked, and I don't get why the art is thrown away with the artist. Um, if we found out that uh, Michelangelo was a pedophile, and by the way, fair chance he was, considering the area he came in, would we stop going to the Sistine Chapel? Would we, would we cut, paint it over? It's no longer good art because the painter turned out to be a pedophile i'm saying hypothetically you know but uh you know all of these all artists creatives got some some skeletons in their closets and suddenly the skeleton is shown and we're like oh well he's not funny anymore he's not a good actor anymore kevin spacey yeah we can't watch his movies anymore yeah uh, he, he's one of the great actors of his time but he's dead because he was uh you know because he was uh, you know i mean I, i'm not saying he was right but he's a damaged broken person he always was it's what made him a great artist i just don't get that we throw away the baby with the bathwater, as the saying goes i'm not i'm not making excuses or whatever mm-hmm. i'm just i'm questioning about the art yes going being being dismissed thrown out de- devalued and disqualified because the artist turned out to be a fallible human being mm. you know and people should be very careful we most of us live in glass houses you know, uh, when I went for the Senate back in the 80s, you know, they talked to me like I was the scum of the earth. Well, cut to, you know, all these years later, I'm still married and the Gores are divorced. 
Mm. You know, uh, my their kids. One of their kids was busted for possession. I mean, one of my kids have been busted. Uh, maybe they just got lucky. But the fact of the matter is, you know, judge, judge not lest ye be judged. Yes, sir. And it's, it's all about that long game. Now, so uh, the next thing uh, I just wanted to ask now, I got to talk to Lizzie um, when you guys put out the, the, the single, the Christmas song uh, earlier this year, the uh, Magic of Christmas Day. Love it. Yeah. And she told me that you listened to her vocal tracks when she was performing live without her knowledge. Have you done that with a lot of artists to check if they're really singing those notes throughout the years? Well, I don't usually have the I I usually don't have the opportunity, but I was standing side stage right by the monitor mix, <laughs> and uh, and I you know I said hey uh, you know and and you know and and I hope she's not mad at her monitor man because it was with great pride yeah. that he soloed her voice, and he smiled and he he soloed it and he looked at me and I was like nodding my head impressed and he smiled and smiled he says yep. This chick's the real deal, man. I'm not I mean to diminish you, Lizzie, by calling you a chick. But uh uh but you know, but same time. And so yeah, I mean no, that was just uh, kind of a unique opportunity uh, 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 that I got to uh, actually, you know, say, Hey, can I hear what she sounds like? And it, and it worked out, and then we got that awesome song that you guys just released, The Magic of Christmas Day, if you guys haven't got it. The single was out uh, this I last Christmas. To, if I could speak just on Go ahead. Lizzie Hale and, and, and bands of her ilk, mm-hmm. what makes Hailstorm so great is that they take many influences, classic influences, and they mix them together to create what is a Hailstorm, what is their sound, and create something new. Too many of too many young bands think that honoring the past is replication. And I won't name names, but we know who they are, mm-hmm. where they sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. Well, that's not really doing anything new. That's just a tribute band. That's just replication. Uh, we had it in the past. We had it back in the 80s, too, where bands would do that. There was that band that uh, I can't remember their name now, but they put out an album and it was, they sent it out bl- blank label because they sounded so much like Zeppelin. People thought it was a Zeppelin record. Uh, forgetting the name of the band. Is it Kingdom but, Come? Was that them? Yes, Kingdom Come. Okay. Kingdom Come. I remember this, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so bands like Hailstorm, bands like Monster Truck, who I'm a big fan of, again, combining, mixing influences, creating something. Uh, uh, Volbeat, another one. Mm-hmm. Just that's good that's new music that's how you honor the past and move forward in the, by creating your own thing from what you've been influenced by not replication replication i think hides the talent too if i if i may like you, you you talked about lizzie's voice if she wasn't a band that sounded exactly like i don't know i'm just gonna make one up like hole or something like that with a female fronted band that worked then yeah we wouldn't see the originality behind what they're doing as well and I think that that's what right. artists strived for. I think most of their life was like, I want to be original. I want to be completely like nobody else. And I do see that less in modern times. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but um, I do see it less. Do you feel that same way, or is it just kind of a conjecture? You know, I, I don't know. I've mm. seen this going on, especially with Led Zeppelin. There's mm. so many bands, though, throughout time that have like tried to replicate Led Zeppelin's sound. And and I, I, I don't think I don't think I know Robert Plant's not impressed <laughs> that you're singing like me. And and you know, and a matter of fact, I remember having dinner one time with Robert. This is sort of an aside. And uh, and yes, I dropped Robert's name. Believe me, I am 
his poster hung over my bed, I would bow every night before him. So to be friends with him is just bizarre as hell. But uh, he said that it frustrated him that people wouldn't freely cover Led Zeppelin songs. He he they, he says they act like they're 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 untouchable or something, you know that they and if they do them they they do the exact version, they copy the version they don't want to fuck with it. He he, he said he loved he he told me I can't remember who he had there was some artist who did a version of one of his songs and it just completely does threw a spin on it and did a, a unique arrangement and he loved that, you know because he said that's what music's about that's what he did with the blues guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they took the blues songs of the early days and then they made them their own. They didn't sound like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. He didn't sing like that. He took those songs and, you know, days, like days, you know what I'm talking about, You yeah. Shook Me and songs like that, and made them their own. And, and he just wished more people would do that. Uh, yeah, I think the scene would thrive so much, like I said, to have something that we can't just feel like, oh, that's that. And that, to me, like I said, it diminishes it when you can just immediately say it's some classic lineup band that sounds, and it does sound the same. Like, yes, legitimately, exactly. that's the thing. It's not, it's not like, a, oh, it kind of, if you like this band, check out this band. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, it sounds just like that. Yeah. Um, and you brought up, uh, you know, the vocals. We're talking about Lizzie Hale and all that stuff. Throughout your career, have you ever had a moment where you, your vocals are still, you know, with a lot of your peers, they're not on the same level. Your vocals are still great live. Saw you a couple years back. And sound amazing on this record. Was there ever a time where your voice, you were scared you were going to lose it? Or there was like a, a dangerous time where you had to work on it? Well, I've had two moments. You know, one was in the early days of Twisted Sister when we were working five days a week and doing four or five sets a night. I burned my voice out and I lost the voice that got me in Twisted Sister, I auditioned singing Zeppelin tunes. And uh, that was like my calling card, and I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and I lost my falsetto, and I had to sort of find a new uh, place for me in, in my vocal style. But it was probably for the best, because, again, imitating Robert Plant, that's not going to get you anywhere. Well, maybe it'll get you somewhere, but, but uh, for me, it wouldn't. Um, then, you know, uh, then things were cruising along pretty good. And then I had, uh, had the polyps removed in uh, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a growth, you know, a polyp on my, mm-hmm. on my vocal cords. So that was a concern. And I rehabbed back from that. But it was interesting. Um, in the rehab, I was working with Joan Lader, who is one of the premier vocal coaches in the world. She works with uh, Madonna and Springsteen. And, and she works with any kind of vocalist, teaching him how to sing uh, you know, their style. But in the middle of my therapy, she stopped playing piano. She goes, Jesus, D, you could sing anything if you wanted to. You could change your name and sing any style you wanted to. And I, I, I was like, really? I was like shocked by this, you know, independent. Uh, and, and since then, I have, you know. I recently mm-hmm. sang with this project, Rock Me Amadeus, and did Love Hurts. I did that right after singing two tracks for this new record, screaming my lungs out for three hours, and then I went and sang this pristine, clean vocal. Uh, in in Rocktopia, I did some. Uh, I joined opera singers at one point, singing opera in the show, and I never would even have thought that this was possible. But I've learned that I do have a. I'm blessed with with a strong voice, and I could do a variety of things. So I'm lucky, dude. Awesome. Nah, no, that that sounds 
Just amazing, dude. That is cool. But And you like challenging yourself, which a lot of guys, they want to stay in kind of a pocket, but you've challenged yourself with all these different styles. Was there a style when you were adapting to or learning to sing that you found or you weren't confident on until you actually put yourself in there? Yeah, singing Mac the Knife. Mm. Uh, and doing my version. Dino's Broadway there. I did uh, a lot of different. I sang with, mm-hmm. with some of the greats. Patty Lapont sings with me on on, on somewhere from from uh, from uh, from West Side Story, and I'm like, I, I mean, and I'm in the studio going, does she know who I am? I mean, because I mean, she's singing with this is like Tony, multi Tony Award winning, uh, one of the great Broadway voices, and she's singing with me, but she knew full well who I was. She she says, D, she says, what do you think I grew up on? I'm a '70s kid, Zeppelin. Deep Purple. I mean, I, I loved rock. And so B, and BB and uh, and BB, um, what's her name, said it well. Uh, she sang with me as well. BB Newworth. BB Newworth. Yes. She she said the same thing. I grew up on rock. What are you? I'm from Jersey. What are you talking about? You know. So, uh, but but going in there and doing some of that stuff. I Mac the knife. I had to do that Bobby Darren thing in the beginning with the shunk bite. And I was like, well, all right, now you're entering a whole different realm. Sinatra. What's what's next for D. Snyder? D, I got to tell you what I, I've seen. Uh, I saw Tony Bennett live when he was 89, um, and uh, it, he blew me away. Re- I mean, to the very brink. I'm like, this guy's voice at 89 is, is insane. And I think he's still touring. I don't know. I know he's still alive. Thank God. Knock on wood. I want him to stay up there. How old do you think you will be doing this? Because you got a voice that's that's carried. It's it's stayed true. How old do you think that you can you can keep doing what you're doing, man? You know, I don't know the truth of that. I mean, uh, here I'm in my 60s, and the voice is strong as ever, if not stronger in many ways. Um, you know, Alice tells me he, he wants to sing I'm 80. I don't know if I can make that same claim to fame. Uh, you, uh, you know, we're not going to take bedpans and, uh, and adult diapers. I don't know if I want to go that far. Um, and I also do know that I really have been pursuing things behind off behind the, the stage lights, so mm-hmm. to speak. I've got a children's show that I co-created that's uh, with Peacock. It's in development. Uh, I've written a movie that I'm going to be directing called My Enemy's Enemy. I just wrote my first fictional novel. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm part of a new Broadway production that's in development that we hope will be going to Broadway. Uh, that's the Rock Me Amadeus live thing. Uh, I'm doing radio, so and I'm producing things. So I really, I, I, I mean, I hope that if I walk away. It's because I decided to, as opposed to the decision was made for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it anymore. I, I hope it. I hope that if the time comes, then I and I go and decide that I'm going to be directing and writing and making that my focus for you know the next for the for the uh, is it the second uh, half of my life? Yeah, let's say half. Um, anyway, uh, I hope it's my decision and not like, hey man. You know, because uh, there's some of my peers, <sighs> the stuff that's on YouTube, yeah. kind of terrifying. And, you know, and you, part of you says, I know, I, you know, I can't judge them because they maybe have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's all they can do. I've been blessed with a number of other careers. Uh, they've done nothing else. So here they are in their 60s and they're, and they're barking like dogs on stage. It's it's terrifying. So I don't want to be that guy either, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. No, no, I'm with you, man. Uh, as of right now, 
you're definitely a hundred thousand percent not that guy, and it seems like you got many years to go. So that's the awesome part about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm feeling feeling good, and feeling you know, good. and but one thing I know is 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 yeah, I will be rocking, whether it's on a record or on a stage. It's just a part of us. I think I thought when I was a kid that we grow out of it, or you know, you mature past it, or something. But no. It's like the old blues men. They're blues men till the day they die. The old jazz guys. They're jazz till the day they die. Old metalheads. They never die. They just smell that way, you know. <laughs> so it's a, it's and so I'm sure that I'll be banging my head in my you know in my nursing home and I'll go, oh no, he's spazzing out. Give him a shot. They go, oh no no, he's just singing. We're not going to take it on a loop. So uh, so that'll be me. <laughs> Excellent. With man. that said, I've got to. I have to bid you adieu. It's yes. been a pleasure. As always a pleasure, D. Thank you so much, my friend, for calling to the Metal Sucks podcast. Take care, man.
Yes, sir. 
I'm sorry. And we are back. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I wonder if I can find that clip on oh, YouTube. Man. You know, that, like, oh, it was like, it was like 2003. Maybe the video I, phones were popular. No, that yeah. was not happening back then. Anyway, so first song you guys heard is off the latest record from D. Snyder, Leave a Scar. That is Time to Choose featuring Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse. What a great song. Second song is I Gotta Rock Again. Both of them are off the latest record, Leave a Scar. It's coming out July 30th. Make sure you are pre-ordering it. This fucking album rocks, guys. It's great. And make sure, we just talked about the streaming shows. I'm going to be watching this one. July 29th, D. Snyder doing a streaming show. MetalDepartment.tv for tickets, guys. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully, I know we didn't talk about it in the interview, but hopefully we're going to get some of these new tunes played. And I'm assuming it's got to happen. It's got to happen. So third song you heard, guys, is from the sophomore release from King Woman. That song is called Psychic Wound and their new album, Celestial Blues, is also coming out July 30th. I'm a big fan of that band, so hopefully if you guys haven't heard of them, check them out as well. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. Guys, if you take the time to listen, all we ask for as a podcast, as a program, is if you can go to that Apple iTunes, click five stars for it. That's it. We don't need comments. We don't need nothing. If you guys want to send us an email, rise to offend at gmail.com. That is the email address that we'll be checking. Um, and we also want to thank you guys for supporting our other podcast. That is Rise to Offend. It is a documentary discussion podcast, completely different than this. We always like to take on figures that were found offensive in society and tell the story as it is shown pretty much on the digital imprint of the internet. So if you guys haven't checked that out this week, we are recording right now. Chuck Schulden, our part three after this episode so will i get it edited in time maybe Ooh, but, teaser. but we're gonna finish up chuck schuldiner and that is our 400th episode of rise to a guys it's a taken huge thing it's taken yeah. like a few weeks to get chuck schuldiner episode three done and i just just want to say i'm sorry mm, i saw that coming did you? Not really. I just want to say happy birthday, Gooch. Bring it back to me. Bring it back to Bring it back to me. Send the hate mail uh, to me. But at the end of it, be like, I hate you guys. Happy birthday, Gooch. Thank then, you. Yeah, I'll take that. That'd be worth it. I'll take nice. that. I'll take that because I don't read the hate mail. And I don't call him Gooch. His name is Brandon. Yeah. Until I call week. him Gooch. I know. I know. Makes I sense. Know. It makes sense when Sylvia calls Aww. me Gooch. When Pete calls me Gooch, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We not like that. We not like that. Whoa. It's like when you call your dad by his real name. You know what I mean? Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's like disrespectful. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel when he calls me Gooch. <laughs> hey, Peter. What? Briscoe <laughs> County? Excuse me? Excuse What'd you say? Me? Yeah. See, I got Peter up my ass. Who? My dad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell next week, everybody. I didn't realize how dirty that sounded. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.